one is up. Yeah, I did that one for Evan because he'll listen to that. His laptop is going to start editing it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk to you guys about the one thing, the one thing that is most overlooked about your mobility, your stretching, your nutrition digestion, your stress management that can help your sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Probably so many other things downstream. And this is actually what I'm going to talk about in today's team meeting. Um, because I think it's just one of those areas that it's very easy, both as a client and a coach, to kind of overlook. And that is the importance of conscious breathing. Breathing is one of those things that's obviously involuntary, meaning that, like, you know, you kind of do it by yourself. If not, you'd be dead. So, yes, you do it all the time. But it's like the same thing as saying that I walk all the time or I run all the time. But it doesn't mean my form's good. Today, we're going to talk about the how. I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds of the science side of it. There's so many other people in this space that are more professional, more educated than me. I'm going to give you the SparkNotes version of what I know and how you can best implement it. And really, like I said earlier, focus on the how, not the what. So when you think about this, just to kind of talk a little bit briefly about the autonomic nervous system. Autonomic nervous system has two zones, right? We have a sympathetic state, right? Or two states. Sympathetic state, and we have a parasympathetic state. The sympathetic state is known as the fight or flight response, right? This is what, when we think about stress in our lives, we think about this state, right? Um, so your body, when it's stressed out or doing anything that has it kind of in that state is considering it a stress, you are in this sympathetic state. Now, the parasympathetic state is known to be called the rest and digest, right? So this is a conversation I have a lot when it comes to nutrition and obviously comes to recovery and when it comes to sleep because it's literally in the name, right? It is rest and digest. So if you do not know how to get yourself back into a parasympathetic state after stressful events, you are going to have a really, really, really hard time with your health. So the goal is to learn how to start to acquire these skills and consciously apply these skills until they become almost more involuntary. And how this got brought up was I was talking to a client two weeks ago after class and she was like, I really like how you actually like put like the breath counts and stretching. I feel like you guys should implement more of that. And I was like, you know what? That's a great point because not only do I not do it all the time, I don't think I really talk about it as a team all the time. And that's a fault of mine because in order to have that structure, we'd like, we need to put a structure in place, right? So the importance of like, you know, understanding that a workout is a stressful response to the body. And that is a good thing like we having stress in the body i think is sometimes like misunderstood like the goal is to just be this monk who never has any stress in life like we want to have stress right stress is something that we should be able to have on cycles meaning it's not just constant stress chronic stress it's something that you have cycles of having stress and cycles of being back in that parasympathetic state the best way and the number one tool that we have is our breath right so coming back to the stress part, if we have stress is more hormetic, like so, for example, like hormesis is this kind of idea that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So the idea of lifting weights and running or doing cardio or strength training, it is a hormetic response, meaning your body is actually breaking down, like working out is a catabolic state, meaning your body is breaking down nutrients and tissue in order for your body to fuel that whatever endeavor you're doing. Now, catabolism is normal in a workout. Stress is normal in a workout. But our goal when we talk about muscle growth and performance increases and all the good stuff that we're here for, we want to get back into this more anabolic state. We want to get back into this parasympathetic state. The one lever that you have to control this better than any other thing that I've talked about 
is your breath, right? It is the easiest tool to actually consciously work on your breath. So I'm going to give you guys a drill, and this is what I'm going to do with the team today. If you have the ability to be standing and stretching, I would actually prefer you do that even more. If you're just listening to this in a car or a walk, do it no matter what. I want you guys to go through 10 breath cycles of breathing in for three seconds pretty aggressively and breathing out for one second, right? So it's a long three-second aggressive inhale and then a short exhale. So... Right, and you go all the way to 10. That type of breathing is the same type of breathing your body's gonna go through when you're going through a stressful moment, right? And exercise is obviously the easiest example. When you're working out, your body's inhaling pretty aggressively, right? It's trying to do its best to get rid of this carbon dioxide and taking this oxygen to fuel whatever endeavor we're working on. Now, if you guys were gonna use the opposite example, we're gonna inhale now for two and we're gonna exhale out for four, so. over and over again right so one of the easiest ways to create more of a parasympathetic response in the body is a by having longer exhales right the longer the exhale like think about it this way the inhale has a relationship to being more sympathetic meaning if you have a more inhalation bias style of breathing you probably are someone that has a little bit more of a sympathetic tone in the body meaning your body is kind of always driven and this is if we want to look at data we can look at heart rate we look at heart rate variability but if you're someone has a little bit more of a sympathetic tone someone's naturally a little bit more stressed their body is actually going to be more biased towards inhalation now for someone that has more parasympathetic tone they're going to be more biased towards exhalation right now i want to give you guys an example of what this does to posture and breathing mechanics overall because breathing mechanics and obviously breathing posture is going to affect how you breathe so I'll give you guys an example because I am someone that is more inhalation biased, meaning I actually am more sympathetically driven. I tend to be a little bit more go, go, go mentality. Um, so getting myself into these parasympathetic states is something that requires conscious effort, just like doing most of other things for my health. So one thing that you'll see that's kind of common for someone like myself is, you know, if you were to look at like an anterior pelvic tilt, meaning like, you know, your pelvis is kind of pulled down and forward, rib cage is kind of flexed or extended up. You look like you almost have a belly. Even if you had a six-pack, you look like you almost had a belly. Your body's like in this extension through the lower back. Your body does that to create an advantageous state towards inhalation, meaning when I'm in more of this, and like uh, PRI talks about this a lot, but if I'm in a little bit more of an extension, meaning anterior pelvic tilt and extended rib cage kind of poking out, your body is actually has an easier time creating an inhalation. So if you were to think about this, if you guys were to take one big breath in, so five seconds inhale, What does your body naturally do when you inhale? Your body goes through extension. It gets taller. The spine extends. The you know the joints externally rotate a little bit more. Your body kind of opens up. So when you think about inhalation, your body kind of creates this posture that does that. Now, if you were to do the exact opposite, you were to exhale for five seconds. What does your body do? Your body naturally flexes, right? It almost feels like the rib cage kind of gets pulled down. The pelvis gets pulled back up because those cores working a little bit. The, you know, the joints kind of internally rotate a little bit better. So when you look at this and understand the relationship between your breathing and your mobility and your posture and your movement, 
you got to realize that that breathing and that breath facilitates a lot of that action. I'm not even just talking about the stress side right now. I'm talking about strictly just the posture side. So for someone like me, for example, that is in a position that is a little bit more extended and externally rotated and kind of opened out, I'm someone that's better uh, better off working on a lot of exhalation work, meaning when I'm doing my prep work for warm-ups or I'm doing cool-down stretches, I really have to be cognizant of my breath and mainly my exhalation, right? So if you guys think about breathing out and really trying to breathe out nice and hard, if you were to breathe out for five seconds and then imagine like you're running out of breath and then breathe out for an additional two seconds, those deep intrinsic muscles that kind of drive that breath of exhalation, those are things that are kind of deep core muscles, those deep intrinsic muscles for your core. Because if you think about your diaphragm, your diaphragm is this kind of like, you know, dome-shaped muscle in the bottom of the rib cage, right? And when you inhale, it kind of pancakes out. And when you exhale, it kind of parachutes back up. And you guys would kind of see what my hands are doing if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're on the podcast, think about like crossing your fingers, palms facing up to the sky. As I inhale, it contracts. That contraction is creating that depression, so it allows the lungs to expand. The exhale, that's where the diaphragm actually relaxes. Some of those deeper core muscles kind of force some of that rib cage down and kind of forcing some of that exhalation out. Now, that's some of the posture side to breathing and some of the, you know, if you look at someone that's a little bit more stressed out and the relationship between breath and that, I think, are amazing. But I want to talk about a little bit more today about the kind of the parasympathetic response of it. When you look at, you know, cooling down from exercise, our biggest objective of a cool down is not only in the word of cooling down and bringing that core body temperature down, but it's allowing that breath to come back to a more relaxed state. You know, this cycle is a perfect example. We have conditioning every day during the weekdays. So going straight from, you know, banded lateral shuffles to 50 toes to bar for time straight into a stretch, it's not the easiest thing to do to kind of relax yourself into it. So a lot of times what we see, which is a fault of both the coach and the client, is we don't do enough coaching on the cool down stretch. And it's very easy for clients just to kind of hold the stretch for 20 seconds and then move on. In reality, it's a feel good temporary fix, but it does absolutely nothing for your mobility you know we have to remember if you're when you're when you're tense and you're stressed your body becomes stiff right like if you think about when you're like really stressed out like you're like oh my neck hurts my traps are tight my posture is different like your body naturally stiffens up with stress right so in order for us to kind of create this parasympathetic response this rest and digest state that we're talking about breathing is one of the easiest things we can do this is why we talk about breath work and meditating and this is why it's so popular in that space for mental health and stress management and all that good stuff but in relationship to your mobility and your training the cool down stretch this is why i like static stretching at the end because it gives us an opportunity to kind of hold something a little bit more isometrically and then really really dial down that breathing and what i would do and the easiest kind of tool i can give you guys is your exhale to inhale ratio should be a one to two, meaning for every second you inhale, you should be a two second exhale. So if I do a three second inhale, I should do a six second exhale. The more you can work on the expansion of these breath cycles, meaning the longer the breath cycles are, the better control of your diaphragm, those deep core muscles in your breath overall that you're gonna have, carbon dioxide regulation, the whole nine yards. So it's important to not only just work on your breathing, but also, we want to facilitate something that allows the body to actually tell the nervous system and the brain to allow that muscle to truly relax. Because when you're breathing really heavy and you're really tense and you're short and shallow in your breathing, your body is not really allowing that muscle to truly neuromuscularly 
relax into that state into that stretch right so it's hard for us to say that we're acquiring new range of motion with static stretching at the end when your breathing is not dialed in how it should be right so we really want to focus on these really long breath cycles and really long exhales and the exhales is actually an opportunity to not only to relax or melt into the stretch or some of the words i like to use but to also create some of that co-contraction on the opposite side so if i'm doing something like a couch stretch Every single time I'm inhaling, I'm creating the inhale. I'm trying to use that inhale to create expansion. So the inhalation through stretching can actually create a bigger stretch. And then the exhale is where I kind of create a better orientation of my position. So meaning when I exhale, I kind of squeeze my butt a little bit harder. I kind of tilt my pelvis back. I tuck that rib cage down a little bit more. And then when I go back into that second cycle of inhale, I'm thinking about really trying to inhale into that area that needs the most focus, right? So really paying attention to when you guys are doing your cool downs like be causing uh, be cautious of how you're breathing and the amount of time in between each breath if you're just there chit-chatting or on your phone or you know still breathing really hard from your workout i promise you that the cool down is really not doing much for you at all right in order for us to get as much juice out of this fruit as we possibly can with the hour that you're here you need to be very aware of how right the intention of how you do it is more important than what you're doing you can go to the gym and do all the what's correctly but how you do it how you execute your lift how you execute your warm-up how you do your cool down way more important now to kind of piggyback this conversation into the other stuff when you think about nutrition when i said rest and digest you need to remember when your body is in this sympathetic state when your body's stressed out you know, the example everyone likes to use is if I get chased by a mountain lion, my body's going to start to fuel the muscles. Your body is going to dial its eyesight. Like your body kind of narrows the eyesight down a little bit. Your heart rate's going to increase. Your body's going to start to fuel the muscles a little bit more. So a lot of the nutrients are starting to get shuttled to the muscles. And what they do is they get taken away from the digestive system. Now, if our goal is to digest as much food as possible, that's one thing I think a lot of us make a mistake. It's we think just what we eat, we, we digest. That's not the truth, right? Sometimes, like, this is why some people need to take enzyme or digestive enzymes to help really digest and break down some of these foods that we're eating. This is why it's important to chew your food all the way down to a liquid. You know, so some of the kind of the science behind the digestion is important. But also remember, if there's no blood to it because the autonomic nervous system is trying to fuel another kind of endeavor or another thing that is going on in your life because your body's stressed, you're not really getting optimal digestion out of what you're eating. So another tip that I like to give you guys is before you're eating your meals, do your best to move, keep the phone out of the way, keep the TVs off, focus on your meal, focus on relaxing. You know, some people like to do prayer, doing breath work even before you're eating. Um, sounds a little woo-woo sometimes, but I think the importance of just like getting your body to kind of relax before you start to eat is a really important thing, especially for those that maybe deal with some bloating or digestion issues. This could be like simple tips. Um, I used this story that happened back in the pandemic in 2020 where my, you know, my, we eat a lot of avocado in our house and my girlfriend like started having all these like weird bloating things with avocado. And I said, I was like, Hey babe, maybe it's just because like your body's more stressed out. Right. Sure enough as some of that stress that went away from just the pandemic and just life in general, avocado started not becoming a problem anymore. So it's not necessarily the food. Remember sometimes those things are the symptom. The cause was just the the inability to regulate breath, the inability to manage stress correctly. So when you guys think about the digestion aspect of it too, a simple little thing is maybe taking a few five, 10 breaths in before you start your meal, or if you guys are doing that with your family, like sitting down, or even just the act of sitting down and relaxing before you're eating is a huge thing because I think that starts to regulate back into a parasympathetic state. 
But then when you guys look at sleep and stress, you know, the rest part of rest and digest, breath is also another thing, right? I'm not saying that everyone needs to be doing breath work before bed. I don't. But I'm saying that we need to make sure that we are in a more relaxed state before we go to bed, right? This is why being on your phone all night or watching even certain types of shows that you're watching, like the most ideal state would be reading at the end of the night instead of maybe watching TV or screens. But I know that's not realistic. It's not realistic for me. I watch TV too. Um, but I know the difference between I watch a show that gives me a lot of anxiety or just it's really intense. My brain's still firing. It's hard for me to shut down and unwind versus watching something that I can kind of just shut off with a little bit easier. So just to keep this one short as always, understand that the breath behind what we do for your cool down stretches your nutrition digestion your rest recovery your sleep obviously and then when you think about stress management and all like i mean i think breath work is one of the easiest levers that we have i uh, i started meditating back in the pandemic i to be transparent with you guys have been really really bad with it the last six months um probably not even six months i would say three months kind of just falling off that habit it's just a habit that you know, I think meditation is not something that necessarily always needs to be a dedicated practice. There's so many different ways you can do meditation through, like through your hobbies or just being outside in nature or, you know, doing your stretching and doing your breath work there. But I think having some type of dedicated practice towards breath is super important and that can come through whatever. You know, I do some breath work of walking Kona in the morning. I do breath work, obviously, when I'm doing my post-workout stretching. But don't overlook the power of of mastering your breath and remember that like it requires a lot of conscious effort right like the good old stages of learning right incompetence competence you know all those kind of stages that we work our way down like in the beginning stage it's going to require a lot of conscious effort right conscious incompetence to conscious competence to in unconscious competence to unconscious incompetent whatever the hell it is um, meaning basically that it requires a lot of work for what you don't know it requires a lot of work of what you do know it doesn't require as much work but you're still not doing perfect at it and then it's just like an automated habit so when you look at these kind of stages of development a lot of things that aren't habits for us yet those are things that require a lot of conscious effort right so breath work still for me to date is something that requires a lot of effort towards um, but understand that the more stressed out you are in your life the more of a go 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 mentality you are the more you're rushing your cool down stretches the more you're kind of eating in a stressed out state you're just hindering the quality of everything you're doing and if you really want to enhance those things and allow your body to relax and feel a lot better then mastering the breath is going to be one of those tools that i would definitely use all right guys well, as always have a great weekend or whatever day you're listening to this and i will see you next friday